What up, everybody? This is Troublemaker for BYNKRadio.com. I've got a special guest in the building. I've got DJ Ursa Minor. How are you doing, ma'am? What up? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm so excited <laughs> to meet you. I'm great. Thank you. Um, so you're a, a DJ. How did you get into DJing? So the honest answer, I got tired of going out to parties, not hearing my friends getting played. I didn't like talking to people. <laughs> I was just like, eh, I'm tired of going out and having to listen to all this terrible music all the time. So I was just like, let me try to start mixing and see what happens. So I did. I had enough people that believed in me and kept me going, and now we're here. Okay. When, when did you start DJing? So it was about two years ago. I think my first show was South by 2014. Two years ago. Yeah, no, 2015, South by 2015, first show. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about getting into DJing? Because I know a lot of people, um, they're DJs, but they're actually podcasts. I mean, well, playlists. They play playlists. Yeah, right, right, right. So yeah. I ended up getting into it just because, like, I was like, okay, this is something interesting to me. Like, I've mm -hmm. been playing music my whole life, but I'm, like, classically trained. Like, I played flute. Oh. I played a bunch of other instruments. I went to okay. music school, all that stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, making music on the computer this is kind of weird to me. Let's see how to do it. And I figured the easiest way to jump into it would be to start DJing. So yeah. I sat down for, like, a week and a half. I downloaded mm -hmm. Virtual DJ. I got, like, this cheap <laughs> plastic toy controller. Yeah. And I was like... Okay, let's see what happens. And I just sat down and just tried to figure out what all the buttons were doing, what mm -hmm. everything meant. I did a lot of Googling. I did a lot of watching stuff on YouTube. And it just ended up happening. Like, to be honest, I just put it all as faith in my library. Yeah. Like, I've been collecting music for a very, very long time. Okay. So I just... I know that as soon as I step up to something, I know I'm, I'm like, okay, where are we going to go today? Mm -hmm. Let's see where the library takes me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is that, the, is that the way, like, it normally works for you? Like, if you're in a session, you know, uh, mixing something together, or, or, or do you, like, normally, do you have a, an idea when you go into it? Or are you like, I'm going to start with this song and then just let it take me somewhere? So I used to be that person that would sit down and literally plan out every single set. Like, I would yeah. practice. Okay. Like, it would take me hours and hours and hours to come up with, like, a 30, 45-minute mix or something mm -hmm. like that. But now I do exactly what you said, where I pick a song and I'm just like, okay, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, I'll start somewhere in my library, play the song, see where the BPM is at, and just go from there. Try to fill out the crowd, fill out my library. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I imagine you're on Serato at this point. Yes. You're not still using mm -hmm. virtual DJ. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yes, I definitely use Serato. I'm trying to get into trying to like see what else is out there. So I want to get into Tractor, but all of my friends that use Tractor, I look at it, and I'm like, it looks like you're hacking into something right now. I have no <laughs> idea what any of this means, you know, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. A lot of DJs uh had kind of they because they have the ear they they get into production and stuff like that are you mm -hmm. are you getting into production or anything so i used to do it super heavy whenever i went to music school i'm thinking about getting back into it like mm -hmm. i have plans but i'm just like i'm having fun djing like yeah. it's cool right now maybe i'll jump into it like maybe in the next few years or so but i don't have any plans for it right now so was your first show like an actual club or was it like a house party and you just brought your equipment so, okay like, walk so, me through that my first show of me as a DJ, I was backing somebody else. I didn't even play any of my own music. Shout out to Briar. Shout out to Josh. Okay. Um, but it was literally, I did four showcases over that week at South by Southwest in 2015. And then my first show this that was I your, did. Your first week? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like I hadn't DJed at all before that. So my first show was at, um, who was it? I want to say it was like uh, Beer and Donuts. I okay. think it was with okay. uh, Trey from Dirtbag Life. Yeah. So that was the first thing that I ever did. I was just backing somebody else wasn't playing my own music. The first time I played my own music, I actually did it at the El Centro Hip Hop Festival, the first one that they had. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, you got to play an all clean set. And I was like, oh, oh okay, this is fun straight out the gate. But it ended up going really well. And like I learned a whole lot and I just jumped off from there. Like the first real real show i think i did was at the lounge right around the corner from here like i had just started a residency with the gentleman who was over there okay. and it was very short-lived absolutely yeah. but 
it was cool being able to be at a bar and play my own music. So that's basically like essentially how I got started in like a timeline. So the first time I ever played, I was backing somebody else. Then the first time I really played on my own with my own library, totally clean set. The mm -hmm. first time I got to do whatever I want at that bar called The Lounge that's like right around the corner from here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So do you listen to other DJs and, and, and their, uh, their mixes and stuff like that? You, you listen to a lot of other oh, DJs? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So mm -hmm. my question is like how do you keep their transitions from like polluting you what you got going on like i love 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 transitions yeah. i love blending like that is my thing yeah. i love that so it's like if i hear something and i'm just like oh i like that maybe i'll try that one time or it's mm -hmm. like a lot of the times it's something that i've already done that i didn't notice somebody else had already did yeah. so it's like whenever i hear really good and i'm always like man like i Never would have thought that that would have happened. And then mm. sure enough, the next time I play, I see it. They're both in my library. And I'm like, oh, okay, I could have been okay. doing this. But it's like I definitely do just take little inspiration from other people and just go, wow, like that's a really good blend. Or like even if it's not a really good transition and I'm like, okay, I see what they were going for. Mm -hmm. Let me see how I can make yeah, it better. Yeah. Like I love doing that. That's my favorite thing ever. Okay. <laughs> One thing I like is when DJs – um They'll, they'll take a song that you that's really popular and then they'll blend it with another song that I haven't heard before, but the blend is really good and it's mm -hmm. this new song. It's almost like they're breaking a record for me. Yes, yes. How do you go about discovering new music? So I used to be that person that would go, hey, send me your music. Hey, send me your music. <laughs> hey, send me your music. But I realized that that didn't work. Yeah. So I was like, okay. I'm a nerd. I like to research stuff anyway. Let me see what happens. So I got on SoundCloud and I just started digging through stuff. And like I already knew a lot of people who made music here. Mm -hmm. So I would go off of what they were listening to. Okay. And like anytime I did a show, if it was like opening artists, I would see what they were doing and I'd go, okay, how do I find your music? Especially if I liked it. Yeah. And then just try to see who they were connected to. And I just really just dug and dug and dug on the internet on my own to try to find okay. out new people but then i also did have like some people that reached out and were like hey like i got this new song can you play it mm -hmm. ends up being fire and i'm like okay cool yes i got you and then it just yeah. takes off from there okay mm -hmm. so how do you feel about vinyl you play I, vinyl at all? No, I never have. I would love to. Like, I would love to learn and play vinyl. Now, that doesn't mean to say that I'm not familiar with it. Like, yeah. I have a huge vinyl collection. That's but dope. do I know how to DJ using vinyl? Yeah. Absolutely not. No. I, I wish I knew how. That. Yeah, because when I talk to guys, like, they tell me vinyl is, is a completely different than than using like an actual digital oh board. yeah absolutely yeah like it's a way different feel like the one thing that i always remarked on whenever i would mix with somebody that does use vinyl mm -hmm. i would kind of mess with it and i'm like god this is so heavy like it's yeah. such a like it's such a, it turns into such a physical activity that right. i'm just like yeah i want to i want to get into this because this is cool like my favorite part was always like manipulating all the buttons on my controller trying to figure out what everything they're using effects mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah. so because i like to have such a tactile experience mm -hmm. with my controller I really want to get into vinyl like that just seems so cool like the only downside it seems like though is like when I see those guys come in at parties sometimes they just have boxes and, like all that crate the crates yes. and sometimes they got an assistant to like flip the record over for them it's yes. like couldn't do it yeah like I was reading a story the other day about this guy who was doing a boiler room set and it was all vinyl okay or uh, no 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 it wasn't a uh, boiler room it was something at this place called output in uh, Brooklyn he was mm. in the middle of mixing somebody spilled a gin and tonic in his bag of all his vinyls the stage manager girl literally came out dried off all of his records replaced all of his sleeves and I was like wow I forget that that's something that you got to think about like I'm right. already like oh, I got to lug around my 65 pound controller and yeah. flight case yeah. but then you think about that like Sometimes these people have records that you can't replace. And it's just like, what do you do when that happens? Like, that mm -hmm. would be the end of my world. I'm too emotional for that. Like, I would just burst into tears if something like that happened to me. Sure. Yeah. So can you take me through the science of, like, reading a crowd? One of the things I find, like, amazing about really good DJs is their their thing, their, their pulse is, like, right on the crowd while they're mm -hmm. doing all these other different, you know, you have to multitask, like, yeah. really well. So how does that process work for you? So I really try to keep, like, as many people, like, if it's, like, a stage type thing, I try to keep as many people off the stage as possible <laughs> just because that's such a distraction for me trying to read the crowd because uh -huh. I'm trying to tune into what this one person is saying and mix and read the crowd all at the same time that I'm just like okay I gotta cut out one of these factors yeah. but 
but as far as like trying to figure out what people like like I just will play something and I just take a gamble on it I'm like okay let's see how they feel mm -hmm. and I try to do it from like a almost from like a time standpoint like if it's earlier in the night I'll play more like earlier stuff so like 99 2000s okay. like rap R&B stuff like that and okay. I'll see how the people feel about it and then as the night gets later on I'll slowly start throwing in newer stuff and mm -hmm. if they and I see how they respond to the newer stuff and I'll just go off on the tangent there yeah. so it's like one of my favorite things to do especially if it's like kind of a mixed bag crowd throw on some Playboy Cardi and see what people do <laughs> like if I can play some yeah. Playboy Cardi then I'm like okay I got a whole vein I could go down right yeah. now but it's like if people don't feel it i'll just go back the route that i was going then i'll try again with somebody else like okay. i just try to mix it in slowly and take it in in little pieces as much as i can and as far as like what the crowd does i look for movement mm. like what are people doing like did i see you talking to somebody and then i dropped this song and you stopped talking to somebody and you started dancing mm. that's a good sign that means i want to keep going that route okay. like it's definitely something that requires a lot of fine-tuning and I absolutely do not admit that like I'm the best at it like I still try to figure it out these yeah. days like I was so proud of myself because I felt like for the first time I had a room that like was totally empty and within 30 minutes I figured them out and I had the whole room packed again oh, I was like dope. what yeah. like I was lit I was like I can't believe this like uh -huh. it was just it was the best feeling I was like okay maybe I am figuring this out so yeah. it let me know that like my process was I was going the right direction but it still needs fine tuning there's always going to be a new crowd and then it even gets different depending on the state too like mm -hmm. playing a gig up in New York is different from playing a gig down here in New York I can do whatever and they will be with it no matter really? what it is no matter what it is I can put on something that nobody knows and people will still respond to it like huh. it's totally different than down here like it's crazy so like down here you you think it's like more more name brand as far as the artist goes yeah. like oh I know that song oh I know that artist okay I'm gonna get into definitely. it definitely like the later in the night that it gets to be like I know that I can't drop the gems that I want to mm -hmm. because it's not as well known like I have to play that early in the night here versus if I go to New York I'll be like nah I'll play it in the middle of the, like 1 o'clock in the morning yeah. we're wrapping up it's packed yeah let's do it like I will turn huh. on something that nobody knows and they'll still be with it and it's just okay. I think it's just because it's two different environments here people like to hop around and go from party to party to party to party to party okay. not to say that they don't do that in New York but because it's such a saturated market and there's always something going on mm -hmm. if people find something dope they stay yeah. the entire time so it's like having the benefit of that kind of plays into what I'm able to play for crowds. So if they did that down here, yeah, I'll throw on some blues at one o'clock in the morning. And be like, yeah, you with it? Okay, you with it. Like, that's it. But yeah. nah, I can't do that all the time here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you were, you were talking about like the way the crowd responds or something like that. Have you ever DJed like a mixer? Or something like that, where it was a situation where people aren't really dancing, they're just sort of, sort of doing like a meet and greet or just talking to each other. Yes. Yeah, so, like, whenever I do art shows or like galleries yeah, okay. and that's, stuff that's like that, example, yeah. yeah, that's when I try to stay like very surface level. Mm -hmm. I'll do kind of like, I won't necessarily dive too deep into like the party jams. Yeah. I'll play a lot of instrumentals, a lot of stuff that still allows people to talk. But if you're interested in it, it'll catch your attention. If you mm -hmm. want to listen to it, you can listen to it. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. Like it's very surface level whenever it comes to like doing stuff like that. Okay. And are you are you from here? Are you from uh, Dallas? No, I'm from New Orleans originally. How did you get here? Um, so I moved here, I want to say like a couple of years before Katrina happened. Oh. And it was just because like, yeah, my dad got a new job. We moved up here. Like I went to high school here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went to Duncanville. So, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so getting into DJing, like I, your name grows, starts to grow a little bit. And now you're doing shows in other places. Like what did that, what was that process like when you got the first call or the first email where like, hey, we want you to do this. And you're like, this isn't in Dallas. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> so... The first thing I ever really did that was out of state was that New York gig. And it was because it was mm -hmm. friends of mine. Like, they hit me up and they were like, hey, we're doing this art show up in New York. Yeah. We're partnering with this girl up there. 
Sam Lau is going to come. She's going to perform. Oh, okay. okay. Do you want to come do it too? She was like, we can't pay you. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Let's do it. Because I've never been to New York. Like, I'm a Southern girl. That was mm-hmm. the farthest North I'd ever been ever in my whole life. Yeah. And that was just last year. So whenever I got that call, I was like, the first thing I thought about was, how do I get my tables on the plane? Like, how much is that going to cost? Mm-hmm. Like, that's expensive. Yeah. Ended up being like $75 each way. Because right. like... You put it in the bag. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I put all these fragile stickers all on it. Like, mm-hmm. that was my main thing. That was the first thing I thought about whenever I got asked to do something yeah. out of state. Um, but then after that, like, I've been on tour, but the tour was all in Texas. I've done A3C. I've done a festival in Tennessee. And, like, the only thing that I ever worried about was, like, how am I going to get my stuff there? Yeah. Like, it was never, like, what is the crowd going to be like? I just did it off of faith. I mm-hmm. was like, whatever happens, happens. I'm blessed to have this opportunity. I just need to make sure that I can get there and get back okay. Yeah. But it's like doing stuff in other places, it gives you a different feeling. And it translates into what you're doing here. Like, mm-hmm. if I hadn't had that experience in New York, I wouldn't have enough faith to just throw on something that may be questionable. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, if it's going to go over or not at a random time, just because I was like, okay, they did it. Maybe Dallas will do it too, you know? Um, But it's like, and then the first time I went out to um, Tennessee, it was like I really learned how to play for like a very, very mixed crowd. Like it was Mm. one of the most diverse crowds I've ever done. It was the latest set I'd ever done. I was playing at like 2.30 in the morning going into like 4. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, because it was a festival. So they just went all night. It was in the middle of the woods. They literally were just going all night. Mm -hmm. So like my set went on at 2.30. There was this dope, dope, dope girl that was going on after me that they all loved. And I was like, yo, like hopefully I do okay. And it just... It gave, every time I go out of state, it gives me a little bit more experience to, like, be better here. Like, and it just makes me want to have those same types of experiences here and try to curate that with my residencies and parties and things like that that I do. Yeah. So can you talk about the business of of being a DJ? Because I I know, obviously, like, you have to have the talent and the skill, you know, Mm -hmm. in order to get to where you want to go. But I think... Uh, the other important piece is branding yourself and networking mm-hmm. and things like that. So is that something that you are already cognizant of, like when you when you decided you wanted to be a DJ, or is that something you sort of learned, you're still learning and figuring out over time? Well, I'm definitely still learning and figuring it out over time just because social media changes every day. Yeah. And, people, and the way yeah. people network changes every day. Right. Like, I used to be that person that whenever someone came up to me, like, I would not want to talk to them at all. But like I've that. learned that, like, if I haven't, like... <laughs> If I don't at least tell somebody what I'm doing, I'll miss out on a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Like, there's this guy who just asked me if I wanted to go down to Miami and open up for Carnage, and had I not stopped and talked to him, wouldn't have had that opportunity. Right. Like, it's like, when else am I going to be able to do that? So it's like, I don't know. I had to break out of my shell. I used to be super duper shy. Like, mm-hmm. I did not like talking to people. So doing this forced me to essentially have a personality that people can sh- like relate with yeah so it's like i'm always on social media bumping my gums about something <laughs> like standing up for some woman somewhere that everybody's talking mess about like sure. that's what i do like that's what i do like people yeah. know that i'm not about all that randomness i'm not about people being in unsafe situations mm-hmm. like that's what i'm gonna cultivate every single day from my social media to what i do in person so it's like my hardest thing that I'm having, like, I guess not really issues with, but I'm learning more about is trying to make sure that who I am on the internet and who I am in person, like, is completely seamless. Like, you get the same experience, you know? Yeah. But it's so hard because people will, like, always, 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 like, flex on everything, like, social media-wise. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, and it's just, like, I'm just not super into that. Like, I'm more so, like, here's what's going on. I'm going to be super real. Like, not everything is all bubblegums and roses. Like, it is what it is. I'm going to be real. I'm a real person. You can relate to me. Like, that's what I'm really trying to do now. But it's, like, people see that as being, like, 
I don't know. Like, I've gotten, someone once told me that it, like, it seemed like I was complaining all the time. And I was like, but do you not see all the positive things that I say on the flip side of that, too? Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, like, you, <laughs> you can't get too sucked in in the feedback on social media because a lot of, at least in, in my experience, a lot of the feedback that comes from social media has nothing to do with anything. Right. You, you could be saying yes, and because there's somebody out there that doesn't like that you said yes, they, they have a problem with you personally. Right. You know? So. Yeah. And that's hard because, like, when it goes back to talking about the business of being a DJ, like, mm -hmm. the people that book me, they look at that. Yeah. So it's like, if you get on something, like, if you get on my Instagram and you go through and you're reading all the comments and it's all negative, like, what would make you want to book that person? Like, so that's where it's like, I have a hard time trying to make sure that, like, who I am on the internet matches up with who I am in person because yeah. it really does come down to business. Okay. Like, I want people to know who I am from the jump no matter where your first interaction with me is. Yeah. Whether it's me shaking your hand right here in your face or mm -hmm. it's you following me on something. Yeah. I want it to be the same experience. Yeah. No, I get that. I think that's smart. <laughs> like, even from, like, um, like if somebody didn't have, like, your type of skill set, even if they were just personality. Like, the worst thing in the world for me is when I see somebody and they're super live on social media and then I meet them and they're dead. And it's like, oh, you were just an actor online. Yeah, like, that's not right. even who you really were, right. you know? So I'm, I'm invested in somebody that doesn't even exist. It's somebody right. you made up. So mm -hmm. I feel what you're saying. Yeah. And I've met a lot of people like that. Yeah. Like going around, like doing all these different gigs, running into people that I never thought that I was going to run into. Like mm -hmm. I'm just like, this is how you are in person? Okay. I guess. Whatever. Like, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> you right, really right. are just an actor on the internet. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a perfect way to put it. Mm -hmm. So uh, another thing I wanted to discuss, you're black woman DJ mm -hmm. and there aren't very many famous ones I'm no. sure there are a fair amount out there but not the, the oh like it's a male dominated field Absolutely. to be honest Absolutely. so have you ever encountered any issues or is there anything like you've had to swallow or, or realize about being in this environment a male dominated environment and you're a woman with the skill set you mm -hmm. know you got the skill set but somebody might be looking at you a little bit differently just because of your gender yeah it happens every day like there every day yeah and literally every day so there have been times where I go to a venue that I play at. Mm -hmm. They have a different door guy. The door guy goes, ho, 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 hold on, hold on. Why do you have on this backpack? What's all this stuff? Like, what do you think you're doing? And I go, I'm DJing here. Why else would I have a flight case with stickers <laughs> on it and a backpack with a laptop? And they go, okay, well, let me check your backpack. And I open it and they're like, oh, there is DJ stuff in here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did you think I was lying? Did you think I, I was I had kidding? a bomb, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, I totally just had lots of explosives and candy in my backpack. What are <laughs> right. you talking about? Like, right. so that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. And then that's just coming in the door. So then there have also been times where, like, I'm literally in the middle of mixing. There are people that will come up and shake hands with the dude next to me and go, yo, you're doing a great job. And I'm just standing here going, like, so I'm invisible now, y'all. That's what's going on. Really, it does happen. Like, I wish I could see my face right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you literally have to get used to getting ignored in order to, like, just stand up and do your job. Like, mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times that something like that has happened to me. And I don't expect it to stop. I have just turned myself into, like, I found my unapproachable face. I'm like, don't do this. Don't talk to me. And, like, luckily enough, now I go to, like, the regular places. So that way, whenever they do get a new door guy, the old door guy is usually there going, don't be like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always, always, always at the end of the night, whenever it happens, no matter what man does it, they always come up to me at the end of the night and go, wow, you did a great job. Wow, mm -hmm. you're one of the best DJs I've ever heard. How long have you been doing this? Yeah. I, they're super interested in what I do, and I'm just like, we would be having a better conversation right now had you been more patient and more positive at the beginning of us meeting. Right. Because of how you acted whenever we first met, it's going to dictate how I act towards you every single time I see you. Right. Like, I still hold grudges, specifically against door guys, like, all yeah. the time. Yeah. But it's like, that happens all the time, and that's specifically with the people that work in these venues. And then there's also, like, sometimes the people that come, like, the, like I guess the patrons or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, now that things are getting more and more popular, the stuff that I do and the stuff that I'm associated with, there's lines outside. So yeah. sometimes I'll be that person on Instagram, and I'll go outside, and I'll take video of the line. Like, wow, guys, sure. look at this. It's sure. so tight. Yeah. And, like, um... 
the last time I did that, I had this dude who was standing outside complaining. He was like, I can't believe I'm standing in this line. This is so dumb. Like, blah, 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 just bumping his gums about nothing. And I mm-hmm. was like, I literally walked up to him and I was like, yo, if you don't want to stand in line, you don't have to. You don't have to come in if you don't want to. And then he just started going off. Who are you? Da, 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 da. All types of curse words and all that stuff. Wow. And I was like, yo, you could be mad, but you were standing in line for my party. That's a fact. I just got done DJing. You don't have to come in if you don't want to. Matter of fact, don't come in. You can get on the line. I don't want you here. Yeah. Like, all of his friends were looking at him like, why did you say that? They were literally standing in the front. All of his friends were looking at him like, why did you say that? Mm. And he still ended up coming in, and he stayed the whole night, and he dapped me up at the end of the night and said, y'all are great. And I was like, hmm. But it doesn't matter at that point. I remember when you were flaming me for some BS. Exactly. It doesn't matter at that point. And it's like... I know, I like I said, I know it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. I absolutely know it's it not going to change. Yeah. Like, the only thing that I can do is just continue to be that person because for every single person that's like that, that's questioning me and what I came here to do, there are the women that come out, the men that come out that are mm-hmm. like, yo, you're dope. Like, from straight off the jump or like the women that look like me that come up to me and go, yo, I never thought that there was going to be somebody that looked like me yeah. doing what you do. And you're dope at it. Mm-hmm. Like... That's what I like about doing it. There's always going to be those people that hate, but for every person that does that, there's going to be that person that comes up to me and is like, yo, I've never seen a female DJ before. This is dope. How many of them are you? Like, how many female DJs are out there? Like, so, not to interrupt you, but, like, I feel that's a question I kind of don't like just because it's like, well, you don't have a, a tracker that keeps up with every female black DJ. We don't have a guild that, that meets every Sunday to talk about DJ stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like the only thing that I can do is uplift the people around me. Like sure. that's the whole reason why I ended up in this lovely collective that I just started with called The Girls. It's me okay. and Christy Ray and Very Wavy. And it's just all three female DJs coming into these parties, knocking them down, driving people mm-hmm. crazy and just doing what we do best. And it's like the whole reason why we do that is because we want other people that see us and go, wow, they really care about what they do. They're really good at it. Like, I want to do that too. Like, Mm -hmm. I love when girls come up to me and they're like, yo, I want to get into DJing. I'm like, girl, do it. Do it. Yes, we need more of you out here. Like, I'm never going to see it as a competition. Like, because it's such a male-dominated field, there's always drama and gossip. And it's so funny because... Whenever all three of us first started DJing, a lot of people thought that we all hated each other. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting up here like, y'all hate each other. We're cool. Right. We texting. We talking about y'all. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like, there's not any competition between any of us. And I've never been in competition with another female DJ that I've met, with one exception of, mm-hmm. like, girls that look pretty on Instagram that decided to start DJing. I was about to start like, talking about that. I mean, look. That is such... Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. No, I'll talk about it some more. Why is that an issue? I just really don't like it because it's turning what I do into a joke. And it's it's making it harder and harder and harder for me to get booked because there have been times where people have come up to me and go, yo, you're a dope-ass DJ, but I don't know if we can book you because of what you look like. Like, I've had that happen before. So I mean, you like, make it sound like you look like a foot or something like that. You're not ugly. That That's what I'm saying. I agree with you. I don't think <laughs> I'm ugly at all. But it's like there's a standard that people have, that people go to. Like, so whenever you take that and you were banking off of people loving the way that you look on your social media mm-hmm. and you were like, what's the easiest thing for me to get into? Apparently, it's DJing because all you have to do is play other people's music quote-unquote like it makes it hard it literally turns what i do into a joke and what me and so many other women have worked to not turn into a joke Mm -hmm. and it's just that's always going to be the one thing that just really really just grinds my gears like well i mean i i get why some like uh you know beautiful people might get into it but my opinion about it and and you can you know check me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. is that 
that that cute being cute behind some tables is only going to take you so far because exactly. if you don't know how to work the room properly, if you don't know how to do your transitions properly, mm-hmm. if you can't work your your um your your equipment, if you're doing a situation, I know this happens sometimes where some the other DJ just did your whole set and then just gave it to you and you're basically hitting play on something. Yeah, that's only going to take you so far. Somebody's yep. going to find out and then it's like, okay, we're going to book you for appearances, but stay away from the tables. Absolutely, and that's what ends up happening because like right now it's too easy to fake being a DJ because of what you just said. Mm. You can have somebody make your entire set and you just go play, 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 play. That's it. It's over. And it's like, that's what worries me about it is that that's not going to be a thing because there's so many people in the background that are willing to do that and Mm -hmm. keep up the fakeness for so long. And it's just like, I can only hope that genuine like talent and genuine work and dedication will stand over people working in the background any day yeah because you're exactly right you can only stand behind the table and be cute and go like this right (laughs) every so often like and i wish people would figure it out faster but looks is what keeps that facade going Mm. you know like it is what it is yeah i mean I, I, to me, I'll, my vote, my theory has always been talent. You know, cream rises to the top. Right. If you're sorry, exactly. like it's only so long you're gonna pretend, uh, you're gonna be able to pretend before people figure it out, and then mm-hmm. that's not something you're gonna be able to do anymore. Yep. And then you probably put your whole business at risk because they're like, oh, she's a fraud completely. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna deal with her at all. Yeah. You know. And it's like it just makes me wonder, like how many. How many steps are you thinking in the background? Like me, I'm always trying to stay one step ahead. I'm always trying to figure out how I can get better. Like I don't want to limit myself mm-hmm. to one thing. Like I'll be the first person to admit, like I still don't know how to use CDJs. Like I see them and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to learn because it'll only yeah. make me better. Like versus the people that do that, they learn one thing and they're like, okay, I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. Give me all the money. Like, no, that's not how it works. Right. Yeah. So how do you feel about like celebrity DJs that well I don't I don't know if that's the right term. No, nope, it is. Okay. <laughs> De- but but they're at but, but like some of them are like actually pretty decent. Like yeah. Wes Khalifa, he he's actually all right yeah. in my opinion. Um how do you feel about, you know, musicians or people like I haven't heard any Lil Wayne sets, but you got guys that are kind of crowding out the real DJ market just by, because they're like, I can perform and do an appearance and I can, you know, play the crowd. Yeah. So So it's like, with that, I will give them a chance, but that (laughs) chance is very short-lived if the transitions are bad. Yeah, Because that tends to be the thing. Like, it's like, okay, I'm a celebrity. I can do whatever I want. I got money to buy this real fancy equipment. Mm -hmm. That's not all you need. So it's like... I'll listen to people and go, okay, this isn't bad. Like, the most recent celebrity DJ where I was like, okay, this isn't terrible for mm-hmm. most of it, Virgil Abloh. Okay. And I was like, okay, like, he, he's got some good transitions in here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's okay. But yeah, other people, like, uh-uh. If yeah. it's a bad transition, I'm like, okay, you just up there because you're famous. I don't care. Yeah. Bye. Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> like, fly low absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. DJ. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't just play all of his own stuff, too. That's the thing that gets me. Like, he, I've seen him live at least two or three times now, and it always blows me away. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've seen other people, like, who is that guy? I can't remember who he is. He's, um, he was on TV as a white guy. It was in Denton. Um, but he's, like, one of those celebrity white guys, and he just got into DJing, and He's bad. Yeah. Like, he's absolutely terrible. And the only reason people are giving him money is because of his name. Mm. And it's just like, I wish you would care more about the craft of DJing yeah. to put that on your name versus just letting your name speak for itself. Right. Mm. Right. So, do you do you look down at EDM DJs over, like, I guess a, a hip-hop or a pop type of DJ? Because, I mean, in my opinion, like, mm. technically... I feel like EDM is much easier to blend. It's it easier is. to transition. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time, the BPMs are around the same. Yeah. You know. So, so do you think it takes the same amount of skill to to be an EDM DJ? I mean, if you're just playing EDM, I I think that that's really limiting yourself because you're yeah. right. A lot of EDM hovers around the same BPM for the same reason. Like mm-hmm. they use a lot of the same sounds, so it's right. really really easy to blend. And it's like you can fake it almost like you can become a really good dj if you're just playing edm and i 
really feel like more people need to approach it from a musical standpoint. Yeah. Like, what does... Like, I love trying to figure out what old school music sounds like in relation to, like, something new. Like, yeah. musically, what does it sound like? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily look down on them, but I definitely do think that it's something easier. And it's like... I don't know. It's just not interesting to me. Like, I have synesthesia, so it's way. like I see sounds. And That's it's like dope. whenever I go to something EDM-related, it all looks the same. I get bored real quick. Like, within about five minutes of a set, I'm like, okay, what else is going to happen? What else is new? Please do something mm-hmm. else. Like, Versus, like, going to go see, like, a like a DJ that kind of mixes the same way that I do or, like, seeing, like, a selection set. Okay. Like, that it piques all of my curiosity because there's colors everywhere. It's all over the spectrum. Like, that's interesting. And it just, it really goes to show that it's just, like, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Like, there's a lot of people that love EDM and they love the way that it feels because it's a coast. But there's me mm-hmm. where it's like, I want you to ebb and flow with right. me. Right. Like, I want variable. you to go with me. Yeah. Right. It's a vibe. Like, it, I hate saying that, but it yeah. really is a vibe and I want you to go with me on it, you yeah. know? So you have synesthesia. Do you yeah. really? Because it seems like that's a hot thing for people Yo, to claim. So it has been a hot thing for people to claim. And I've literally been saying this, like, since I was a kid. Like, mom, there's something weird going on. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I can see all this stuff, blah, 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 whatever. And it's like, it really didn't come to, like, a head for me until, like, 20. 20- 12 what was it yeah it was 2012 i went to south by southwest for the first time Mm -hmm. i saw my very first concert that wasn't classical music it was the black lips (laughs) and then talib quality went on and then gene gray came out and it's like i got so overwhelmed because you know the black lips talib quality that's not the same vein of music you know so it's like my like i looked at the people that i was there with and i was like yo can we go because i got a headache Mm because this is way too much for me i wasn't expecting that and i hate that is really turning into the hot thing to claim these days right. because I tell people like it's not all laughs and giggles it's not all fun and butterflies like mm-hmm. sometimes it gets really debilitating and it makes it hard for me to like be active in what I'm trying to do like mm-hmm. depending on the place if the music is too loud and I feel like I'm surrounded by it yeah then it's like you'll see my energy like my physical energy will go way down just because like i'm trying to decipher and see and still focus through all of that color so it's like Mm -hmm. yeah you could claim it you can do whatever like i don't care because there's quote unquote no way to prove it whatever but it's like i I think i think there kind of is like scientifically i think any uh nerd messed it up for everybody yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) after that came out they're like oh i got it too yeah like once seeing sounds came out like that first track came on Mm -hmm. and it's like forever narrating like yeah. the thing that's going on outside right. and then it cuts into that shower mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here going like yo I know exactly what this feel like I'm getting yeah. hype like that is my favorite NERD album mm-hmm. I love it for that reason but I also hate it for that reason yeah. because once that album came out everybody was like oh I understand and it's like no. do you really understand yeah. or are you just trying to understand because NERD captured it so well right. because Pharrell captured it so well like yeah. Mm, I don't know, but it's like, I'll give people a chance. Usually whenever I tell people, they're like, oh, my God, tell me more about this. What does my voice sound like? And I'm just like, (laughs) okay, whatever, man. Like, (laughs) it turns into, like, like a show almost. And I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, I don't want to do this right right now. (laughs) No, like, when when I was reading about it, like, people who who have been diagnosed with synesthesia, what's interesting is, you know, between the difference between people claiming it and people actually having it is when they sat people in in rooms separately and they all played the same, they played the same song for, like, 30 different people, they all saw the same colors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's not like... Oh, I saw blue. Actually, the rest of us see red, so you're full of shit. Yeah, get out. Get out. (laughs) Yeah, like, one of my, like, something that I wanted to try to get into just to, like, try to, like, figure out something relaxing because all, like, I'd like to say all of my hobbies are very, like, busy and very intensive and I don't do anything relaxing. I said I wanted to start, like, painting songs. So it's like. That would be dope. Yeah, like, I wanted to try to get into that. And there's this one song that I wanted to paint forever, 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 but. I'm, I can't paint it because it's already been painted. It's by John Bapp. And it's like the cover of this song is exactly the same colors as what this song sounds like. And he That's painted cool. it. So I'm just like, yo, like, 
I can't do it now. So I love that yeah. you brought that up because, like, that's exactly what happens. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm talking to somebody else that actually does have it, we do tend to see and feel the same things. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I always know if I meet somebody that doesn't have it because I'm like, you don't see what I see. Yeah, that, that don't sound right. Mm-hmm. That don't sound I don't right, bro. I don't trust you. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you ever had, like, a catastrophic equipment failure? Yes. What's that oh, like? Oh, yes. It's the most terrifying thing in the entire world. Yeah. So with my current tables, I have a Newmark NS6, and I'm convinced that Newmark does not like working with Macs at all. And that's I had, like... bad. Like, that's the The MacBook is the industry standard. Right. Exactly. So I have a Newmark NS6, and sometimes if the power that I'm pulling to my tables isn't enough, they'll just cut off. And shut completely off. The tables will? Yes. Okay. So all the music stops. My hard drive isn't pulling anything. It's not playing anything. Uh, and it's a question of when it's going to come back on or not. Like Oh, so you can't just do a reboot or a No, I can't just turn it off and turn it back on and it works again. Sometimes I have to turn it off, turn it back on four times, restart my computer, get it back on and up and going and then sometimes it'll do the same thing again so that's happened at some of my biggest stuff like it just happened recently like a few weeks ago i was doing a gig at the nines Mm. and before they did all of their remodeling the subwoofers were up on the stage and they rattled real bad so it shook all of my stuff that was on it now it was just me playing for that four hours so it's a packed room. Mm-hmm. It's like midnight. So it's like the witching hour for me. I'm just like, yo, I got to get into this because it's packed right now. I yeah. got to get this going. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of me playing bad and bougie, like I'm literally going back through it right now. Like that's all. In the middle of me playing bad and bougie, just cut. Everything was like not working. It took me what felt like 60 years but was actually maybe about three minutes or so to get it back up and running now Mm -hmm. luckily this crowd was full of black greeks and they entertained themselves after i yelled at somebody somebody was like yo you gotta fix it and i said yo you want to come up here and fix it Mm -hmm. and he was like nah and i said then stay down there Everybody, oh, oh. So they entertained themselves for two minutes. I got it back up and running, and luckily it did not happen again because I had somebody stand up there and literally hold everything down. Because Mm. if it come to find out, it had shaken my... like my power supply out of the outlet and it has shaken oh. my usb out of the computer oh. so it's like i did all of that that's and a lot of up, rattle right and they ended up coming back on like after those few minutes but like mm-hmm. there's been times when it's taken longer like my set that i did in tennessee at 2 30 in the morning it took me 20 minutes to get up and running wow. that's why i started at 2 30 instead of starting at 2 like i oh. was supposed to okay because nothing would come on and connect and make noise at all like and like I didn't know what to do like it's a nightmare every time it happens the only thing that I can do is just keep doing these gigs and save my money to get something better but that's expensive so so are you looking at a new controller yeah what, what are you I've looking at? I've been looking at a new controller. So you got your eye on something? Yeah, like, and I don't even, I can't even remember what it's called, but I know that it's by Pioneer. Like, okay. I'm not getting another Newmark anything because all I've had is Newmark everything up until now. Oh, okay. And I've always had problems since day one, which is why I'm like, okay, Newmark doesn't like working with Mac. I've even <laughs> talked to other people that have Newmark stuff, like turntables and stuff mm-hmm. that have issues with their Mac. So I'm just like, okay, it's not just me. Okay. Like, it's the system that's not working, but I definitely got my eye on some stuff. But I have expensive taste. Everything that I like costs like nine thousand dollars. So. Oh man! Yeah. Next level. I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so headphones. Please do not tell me you're a Beats disciple. No, I don't use headphones at all. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't use headphones at all. At all. No. Never. So uh, how does that work for like transitions and, and blending? You just it's a visual thing for me because on Serato, like have you ever seen yeah, like you Serato? Uh-huh. It's all by color. Right. So what I did was I turned on the setting to where if I turn off my base, it changes the color of it. Yeah. So it's like I literally just mix visually. Okay. Like that's it. Like mm-hmm. I look at the song and I go, okay, there's enough green here for me to mix this in right here because I know that the bass isn't going to drop until when I need it to drop. So it's like, yeah. 
Have you always done it that way? Yep, I've never used headphones. I literally don't know how to put in my headphones and use them to preview a transition. I've never done it. That seems like, yeah, that's what I was about to say, a scariest thing because you can't preview it. Like, it's like, well, going out on faith. Yep, that's <laughs> what I do every time I mix. Like, that's what I do every single time. So whenever I mix with Christy and Val, like, they both use headphones and mm -hmm. they preview everything that they're doing. And yeah. it's me and I'm just like, La -da 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 -da, play, 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 play. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't ever do that. So whenever we go back to back to back, it's like it's a very interesting experience. And it's always, always crazy because they mix how I get to mix. So it's like mm -hmm. it's interesting seeing what they do whenever we do it like that. And yeah. it's like. It's a blast every time. But no, I've never used headphones. Ever, ever. Do you do much scratching live? No. You do scratch? Not, you, like, you, you so a scratch I, fan at all? I practice it. Like, I'm learning how to do it. But I feel like in order for me to scratch properly, I need someone that knows how to do it to teach me how to do it. And I need to learn how to do it on vinyl. Because it's oh, a great wow, okay. thing. Yeah. Like, that was the first advice that I got whenever I wanted to start DJing. Like, every time I met a DJ, I go, yo, how did you get into it? Blah, 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 whatever. The person who gave me the best advice was a young man by the name of DJ White Chocolate. Okay. Uh -huh. Now, let me get into who that is. He <laughs> told me, he was like, yo, if you're going to start DJing, learn how to do it on vinyl because it feels completely different until you get a controller. And mm. I was like, okay. And I kept that in the back of my head. Now, I recently ran into this man again. Okay. He now goes by Zach Witness. Oh. Yeah. So he's the huh. one who gave me my first DJ advice. And I remember seeing him going like, Yo, wait a second. You changed your name. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, didn't you used to be DJ White Chocolate? He was like, yeah, I know who you are. And I was like, what? Like, I, it, just, it freaked me out. I was so starstruck. But it's like, yeah, like, he gave me some very, very valuable advice. Like, somebody else that gave me really valuable advice blew the misfit. He said, yo, don't do what yeah. anybody else is doing. He said, figure it out for yourself. Pick up your own thing. If somebody else don't like it, forget them. Mm. And I was like, okay, cool. I can do that. Do you do, you do a lot of work with Blue? Oh yeah. yeah, that's my brother. I love that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm still getting over you. You not previewing. No, no, I don't. I never have. Like that I seems really so never have. It's like driving with no insurance. Yo, well, people do it every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like, I never have. Like, I feel like if I started, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, mm. I probably just end up mixing the same way that I normally do. Like, yeah. yeah. So when you do a, like a set at home or wherever you're doing one, you record it and you put it up on SoundCloud or, you know, whatever, wherever mm -hmm. you're uploading it to, are you like one of those one take kind of people? Or are you like, I didn't like that transition. Nah. I'm to go back and do that again. No, I'll do it over and over and over and over yeah. again. Like okay. the one thing that I hate uh, is whenever I'm doing a recording and I'm doing real good and it ends up being a long mix. And I'm yeah. like, it's probably going to end up being about 45 minutes. I'm at minute 43 and I mess up. I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, forget it. Let's start. Oh, over. man. I'll do the whole thing again. Mm -hmm. People get better that way, though. When you got to start all the way over, man, you're going you're gonna to yeah. get it perfect more often. Yeah, and it, like, it gives me a chance to like go back and go like, okay, well, I did this the first time. Let me see what this sounds like. And it ends up being better. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep that. Yeah. And it's like it gives me a chance to experiment and try to do something else. So I'm just like, I don't ever see it as like, oh, this is terrible. I got to start all the way over whenever I was almost done. Mm -hmm. But it's like... I get to try again. Like, I get to do it again. I, most of the time, if I'm putting out a mix, it's full of songs that I love that, like, people may or may not listen to. And I'm just like, cool, I get to listen to it again. Play. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so are you, gonna, are you thinking about, like, maybe putting out a tape or anything like that? Like, a tape is in what? Like, like, what people are doing these days, like, where it's like... DJ Esco has a tape and it's all stuff that he no, produced. Okay. Like, what no, do you mean? That, that, <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, just a, a big playlist, like, you know, like a compilation of, like, a bunch of your sets or a bunch of your mixes. Oh. I love those, personally. Okay. I don't I don't know what the market is for those, but I know. Because to me, when I see, like, um, to me, DJ Khaled's, like, the king of it. Mm -hmm. But, and a DJ puts out a tape. I, I mean, that's to me, that's just a bunch of different artists that they got together. Right. They may not have even produced it. They just EP'd right. it. But, right. But I'm the kind of person who, like... All right, it's 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. I'm going to listen to this DJ for the next six hours. Mm -hmm. Listen to all their transition. I'm going to start doing things throughout the house. I'm like that kind of person. Yeah. So would you ever be interested in releasing a tape that way? Yeah, like it would be cool to put out something like long form like yeah. that. Like I put out something short form last year called Moon that okay. like was like that, but it was 
very short. Like it was like 30 minutes. Like I was like, I'm going to make an actual mix tape. And it was tracks of yeah. like blends and transitions okay. that I've done like that. But it's like, if I was going to do something long form like that, like that would be kind of tight. Like mm-hmm. just having one monster thing and just going like, here you go. You can listen to that. Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, I wonder like, if there is a market for that kind of what yeah. you're saying because like that's yeah. what soundcloud is you could go to somebody's soundcloud and if they got a ton of mixes on there just play through all of their mixes mm-hmm. and it's like you get the same benefit but it's like i like physical content and i like things that you're able to hold yeah so that would be dope to do that but in like a physical sense yeah. like giving out flash drives or something like that right mm-hmm. i mean i'm a little bit of a weirdo so I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily a market or not i just know like for me the, the thing that like turns me on to a DJ the most and I was like when I was on your SoundCloud is like mm-hmm. the transitions if it's like a really good transition or it's something that I haven't heard before or one of my like heartfelt favorites is when I he- hear a song like it might be an old school song mm-hmm. and then they transition into the rap song that has the sample yeah you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I love that mm-hmm. and, then you, and then you do it just right like where the sync is and it just happens and crosses over yes. I'm like yes yes <laughs> yo so I'm trying to figure out like I haven't done as much of that as I want to but because mm-hmm. I'm such a fan of that and I felt like because I'm such a fan of that I didn't want to touch it until I could really figure it out so yeah. I've been learning to figure it out especially over these past couple of weeks with um, playing Jane and Slob on my knob okay. like everybody's been doing it but because of the way Slob on my knob comes in mm-hmm. like it's like it's such a hard thing like you really have to be on it so I was like man this is difficult like are all of these this difficult so I'm like let me get a handle on this and then I'm gonna start doing that with everything like Mm -hmm. I love that too that is so dope to me I get so excited about that yeah so you did some work with SZA yeah a couple years ago yeah how did that happen so I got asked if I could DJ her meet and greet through um intelligent grind and uh like they just asked me they were like yo she's coming in for this meet and greet we want to have a dj while she's meeting all these people can you come do it and i was like yeah i'll come do it and they told me they were like okay we want you to play a lot of SZA, obviously but it (laughs) was like so i was like okay but I had a lot of SZA, but I also had a lot of people that had taken SZA songs and, like, remixed them yeah. and, like, did something different with it. Okay. So I took that as an opportunity for me to be able to play that, too. Mm-hmm. So whenever I did that, like, there were points in time where she would come out from meeting people and go, yo, what is this? Like, oh, I yeah, love I should, what I this is, yes. Okay. And I was just so, like, this was before she's who she is now. Right, back when right. People still thought that she was weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was it, a question mark to me for a little while. I was yeah. like, She was very, she was very aloof with her lyrics and she wasn't very clear with what she was saying. But then Control came out and I remember reading all of these interviews and she was saying, this is the clearest I've ever been. She cut straight to the point. Mm. I listened to it and I was like, yep, she (laughs) did that. She figured it out. But it's just, it was dope being able to do that and being able to like, still kind of skirt around the little rules that they gave me like yo play a real says a heavy thing and just play says songs mm-hmm. and i was like okay i could do that but i got to throw in my flips too yeah and like she heard it and the she gave me feedback on it and i was like yo like this is crazy i wonder how many other people that i could do this for so it's like I did that with her. I had the opportunity to do a Ripple sound select before they left Dallas with okay. like Princess Nokia and Cakes of Killer and Jesse Lanza. Yeah. And they're all like on a whole other level now. But they right. gave me the same thing. They were like, yo, what you're doing is dope. This is crazy. Like Princess Nokia was literally like, I wish I could have been outside listening to what you were doing whenever she was inside performing. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's all I needed to hear. Like, that's all I needed to know. Like, Getting that feedback from people that you look up to really makes you want to keep going. Okay. Mm. Do you have any residencies now? Yeah. So I have a residency that I do at Club Dada with Chrissy Ray and Very Wavy, the girls. That's mm-hmm. on three of us. Um, it's called Femme Friday, and it's one yeah. Friday um, a month. I also have a residency that's about to start at Independent, and it's a resurrection of one of my favorite things that I did at Crown & Heart called Fourth Quarter. It's the last Friday of every... Um, every month and it's just like 
ah, I love being able to do that, so I'm glad I get to do it again. Um, and then I have a little something going at the nines. I don't know if it's set in stone just yet. We'll see. Yeah. But I'll be there again. So those are my big three right now. I'm really trying to focus on, like, making sure that those are good and we can curate a very special experience mm-hmm. and then be able to take that experience to other places. Like, okay. it would be dope to take any one of those shows on the road because Dallas has shown us so much love whenever yeah. it comes to it. Yeah. So, have you have you been approached by any artists that are like, Ursa Minor, you're amazing, I want you to be my DJ, you know, let's go do this, that, and the third? Yes. So, how does that process work for you? Because I imagine, like, everybody doesn't work properly together, and there might be limits that, things that you don't want to, limits you don't want to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, is there, like, a filtering process for you? Like, let's say there's an artist listening, they're like, I want her, you know, what are things that, that need to be checked off for you? Like, I have to listen to the music. And I mm-hmm. have to have, like, it sounds kind of crazy, but I almost have to have, like, a personal like a personal recommendation. Like, do you know somebody else that I know? Can they co-sign you? Do I like your music? Okay. Like, that's the big thing that I look at whenever it comes to, like, me DJing for an artist. Mm-hmm. But um, I've played for some very interesting people, like, on the fly because I'm a flexible person. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm just at a gig and somebody's like, yo, you're here, can you play this person's music? And I'm like... Sure. Who else was gonna do it? As I ended up playing Cupcakes music whenever she was here at that show oh, okay. at RBC. Like yeah. they were like, "There's no other DJ here. Do you want to do her set?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll do her set." So <laughs> it's like, but if it comes to like you want me to be like your regular DJ, mm-hmm. like. It's or like a road DJ some, or something. Yeah, like it's that. definitely some factor that factors that goes into that. And it's like I'm starting to get so busy that I'm almost doing away with that and I'm like, okay, it's on a first come, first serve basis. Sure. Like if you ask me, hey, can you do something on this day if I'm not already booked, I'll block out the time for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ask me to do something and I'm booked, that's it. Oh well, you just gotta try again next time. Like it's I wanna be fair like as fair as I can whenever it comes to like how I do my booking and everything like that. Okay. So a couple quick takes. Um, If you could DJ for anybody, who would it be? Like a dream, dream collaboration for you. Ooh, Lizzo, Princess Nokia. I got a whole list. Obviously. Sound like some people you've already, okay. Yeah, we love Beyonce. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's this girl that I recently really started pumping recently. Her name is Baby Mother. Her, she's dope. And she's mm. from my hometown. She's from New Orleans. So okay. that's pretty dope. Um, but yeah, I think those would be my three. Lizzo, because she looks like me and she acts like me. Yeah. And like, I just, I love that so much. Like, I, I love that, that she's so positive about everything. And I'm just like, yo, like, you need somebody that looks like you behind you. But I love mm-hmm. the girl that backs her too, because she's so, like, she's got so much energy, you know? Like, yeah. I love that. But yeah, that would be dope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Favorite DJ all time? Mmm. I used to say selection as a whole, but some of those people have fallen off. No, no, collective doesn't count. I, yeah, I need nah. an actual DJ. Actual DJ? Let me think about it. It would be terrible to say somebody local, I guess. If you wanted, Unless like, that's somebody you really look up to. Yeah, okay. Well, like, it sounds crazy, but it's not who I look up to. It's literally my peers. So if okay. the people that I love listening to the most, Christy Ray. Very wavy. Like, the two people on my side. Like, not even kidding. I'm not cheating. Like, I'm not cheating. (laughs) I'm being so honest. Like, I love, love, love anytime they're mixing. Like, Mm -hmm. we all, even if it's, like, it's not all three of us mixing together, we'll still go. And I still always end up standing in front of them going, yo, what are you doing? Like, how did you come up with this? Like, who are you? What are you doing right now? Mm -hmm. So, it's, like, definitely the two of them. Other DJs that I like a whole, whole lot is another local one, K-More. Like, yeah, that guy. I'll talk about K more in a minute. Yo, yeah, yeah, that dude is dope. We're, know, tr- we're trying real. to get him on uh, on BYNK radio to start doing some mixes. He's actually the way I found out about you was mm-hmm. through him. Yeah, yeah, that dude is. I love K more. Yeah. Shout out to him all day, every day. I love yeah. that dude. Um, if we're talking about famous DJs. What is her name? What is her name? I can't even remember. But she had a party down in New Orleans and she was just mixing on vinyl. It just recently like ended because she decided that she wasn't gonna do it anymore. And I can't remember her name right now. I feel so bad. 
I'll figure it out at some point in time. But she just did her last show, and it was her and uh, Manny Fresh. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, like, that was dope. And it was all vinyl? All vinyl. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a lot of respect for, for Yo, all the all same, vinyl people. Same, same, same. And it's, like, one of my very, very, very dear friends got to shoot that party and was okay. just, and she described to me, like, the look on her face with a flashlight hanging out her mouth. She's just pouring through these vinyl. I'm like, that's magic. Yeah. That's magic right yeah. there. Like, I can't touch that. I don't know anything about that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, And I just admire that so much. So, yeah, she's definitely one of my favorites. Outside of that, Spinderella. Okay. She's been holding it down for yeah, forever. Yeah, I was, I was expecting her to come up at one she's point. She's been holding it down for forever. Oh, yeah, <laughs> always. She's going to be my in my top three always. Okay. Yeah. So if the people want to get a hold of you or check you out, what's the best way to do that? Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's all the same handle, at Young Ursa Minor, at Y-U-N-G-U-R-S-A-M-I-N-O-R. So we were going to cut out, but I just reminded me of a question I should have asked at the beginning. Nah, go ahead. Where did you get your DJ name from? I know what it so, means <laughs> constellation-wise, and I know what it means in Latin and all that good stuff, but yeah. why did you pick Ursa Minor? So I picked it because I felt like whenever I first found out about the Dallas art scene, everybody knew me through somebody else, mm-hmm. and I realized that Ursa Minor always gets mentioned with Ursa Major. Yeah. It's very hard to separate the two. Right. So I was like, it just it drew me to that because of that, But I'm a very big, like, stars fan. Like, I like the stars and I like constellations. Constellations, I I love space. Like, Mm -hmm. my favorite place in the world will always be an aquarium or a planetarium. Always. Okay. So it's like I had a really emotional connection to that, but definitely because of the association with the name. Like, you can't ever say one without saying the other. And Mm -hmm. I always felt like that. And it's like I dropped the young from it because I felt like, okay, I can stand on my own. I can be important on my own. Yeah. And it's funny that, like, as soon as I started feeling like that, I realized that Ursa Minor was getting mentioned all the time without Ursa Major attached to it all of a sudden. Like, whenever I would see it in, like, a book or mm-hmm. mention someplace else, I would see it on its own now. And I'm just like, okay, like, maybe this is something, like, maybe the universe is trying to yeah. tell me something, you know? So <laughs> I'll go with it. it works. I, I, I like think it. it's a dope name because, like, it flows, and if somebody doesn't know any better, let's say they don't know anything about Latin of the Constellations, they're like, oh, or some minor, okay. Because it still sounds feminine, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. It still sounds cool, but there's definitely mm-hmm. deeper meanings into it. Right, Yeah, right. absolutely. So is there anything you want to let the people know about before we bounce? Any kind of shows coming up? I'm going to be at RBC on November 18th and then at the Nines on November 18th, right after that. Um, Femme Friday is next month. I'm going to be posting more about that. Um, Outside of that, follow the girls at th.grls. We're going to be out here. That's mainly where you're going to be seeing me is with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm Troublemaker. This has been our Artist Spotlight. You are... Ursa Minor. We out here. I like that. Yo, I want to give a special shout out to DJ Drama. Let me do this. I really appreciate it. Hey, go DJ. That's my DJ. Hey, go DJ. That's my DJ. Hey, go DJ. I've been running this shit so long, I've been starting to lose count of the years. Starting one on one. Doing shit that y'all never done. Talking in TVs or movies, the choppers, the Uzis, nothing can bruise me, nigga. This is more than a movement. My squad is forever. We ain't getting enormous. New song on your speakers got me getting enormous. Play the performance, we just getting paid on performance. A lot of y'all hate, cause my women is gorgeous. I mean, they a work of art. Something out of a portrait. I mean, I'm a work of art. All my verses is portrait. Niggas is different. You chicken, we ain't fucking with poetry. Bunch of crab. Bad bloggers got me allergic to selfish If I fell off in a day Man, these niggas be helpless I be bringing all the pain To you lames get melted It's royalty, a nigga I'm the king like Elvis I don't talk about it Let them niggas conversate What's the song about it? Give a D and smoke a J We on play I'm so on the bench Money is the stench Let me vent I'ma smoke them out Circles from my mouth What's my favorite sound? Oh my God, I'm coming Second favorite sound Oh, that sound like money Oh, that sound like freedom Oh, that sound gon' need a feature But he didn't need him I'm coming back like Jesus Color Reese's Pieces That's the money down here We gon' need a visa Red like he a need 
that's my DJ. Thank you, DJ Drama. Came in this bitch like my baby mama. I believe in karma, so I run the summer. All I got is chicks. Check out all these commas. Check out how I'm eating. It is very cool. James White, a nigga. Man, I'm such a fool. I'm doing me so cold. This nigga spitting so cold. This girl 20 years old. She knows she about to get choked. That rabbit hole, I'm talking shit, but I'm rapping knowing that IRS and I'm taxing hoes. And I saw the chick and said, ass moves, ass moves. Why my click so animal? Why my click so set it off when I'm Queen Latifah? You know I'm eating, I fucked it up. Niggas think we ain't tough enough. Niggas think we was born rich. Niggas thinking a lot of shit. Niggas don't know a war's coming. Niggas don't know I saw something. Killing trees, Paul Bunyan, Bunyan Foot, Foot Clan, Clansman. Alamo, stream of conscious, I don't know. Flow was done a long time ago, and I feel for niggas who save a hoe. I ain't got time, and I'm throwing up like gang signs, but that was not the case. You niggas wish your lifestyle was nice as my place. I'm eating off these white kids, I don't need their plate. We burning down that blue drink, she sitting on my face. I leave it on her backside, but that be a waste. That be a waste. That be a waste. Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to DJ Drama. I really appreciate it. Uh, I want to give a shout out to DJ Rhetoric. He did all the cuts and, uh, and the scratches. Frankie Robinson out there in Chicago. Um, Leandra Rush and T in Ohio. I want to get Jesse uh, Ortiz. These are all DJs. Uh, E-Man, LA Leakers, uh, DJ Reflex, everybody out in LA, Felly, uh, Peter Rosenberg, Cypher Sounds, everybody at Hot 97, everybody at Power 105, you know, people down at V103, you know, in Atlanta, DJ Iceberg over at Hot, you've been fucking with me since the beginning, uh, Ryan Sarver, Owen Brainerd, Pluto, Matt Mullenwick, Sergey Brin, Jack Dorsey, Angela Benton. And uh, yeah, that's, a, that's about it. I'm sure there's people I forgot, but you're, you're appreciated regardless. I hope you enjoy the mixtape. And then I woke up.